Welcome to my den. Today, you've got just me, and I'm so excited to be here with you for this really important topic. I know it's been a while since I've come to you guys directly and just talked and done a solo cast, um, which I love to do, but it has been crazy lately. I've got some exciting new updates for you, and I'll share that in just a second. But today's topic is very near and dear to my heart. I'm the oldest of seven kids, and right now we're in a season of life where my younger six siblings are really trying to figure out what they want to do, right? They're everywhere from age seven up to age 23. And they're really just trying to figure out their careers, what they're interested in. One of my sisters wants to go to law school. Another one may want to study bugs. Um, There's just, there's so much variety. And the question that keeps coming back is, is college the only path? So in the past couple of months, I've set out on this journey to really just explore what is this whole idea of college, how did we convince entire multiple generations that college is the best path when I look over and see my peers graduating with bachelor's or master's degrees and ending up at Starbucks working as baristas because they can't find a job or they got a degree in something they ended up hating when they really got into work. So we're going to explore this today from a couple of different sides of the of the coin. But today's episode is really going to be focused on this very odd idea I came across, which is that top college presidents are actually saying now that 6 in 10 Americans believe college is actually worth it, meaning 4 in 10 and that includes all ages are saying, "Huh. Hmm." Maybe this college path is not the best way to go. All right, so before we get into the episode itself, this is one piece of exciting news, and I mentioned it in our last episode, but if you haven't followed our new TikTok channels, we're out on the street asking people about their degrees, what they studied, and if they're still working in the field they went to college for. And we're on a mission to really unpack this this topic on the street, talking to real people from all different industries about what they studied. And the answers have been surprising. We had one woman who now manages a new home construction firm, and she went to college for criminal justice and was intending to go to law school, but never did. And she literally, she's 47. She just paid off her student loans for a degree she never used. So go check out those TikToks. They are super, super interesting. And you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and pretty much anywhere you grab your social media. It's at theskills.io. That's dskills.io. All right, buckle up your seats or your time machines if you're cool like that, and join me in my living room for this fun discussion. You're listening to Native Digital, Native Analog, the show where we unpack the collisions and commonalities between my generation and yours. I believe that if you don't have a Native Digital on your board of directors, your leadership team, or at least one you pay to pester you like a fly in your ear, your business won't survive. Let's change that today.
I grabbed this article by Jason Wingard, who is the president of Temple University, and the title of his article is Higher Ed Must Change or Die. Now, we know this to be true from a variety of different sources and trends that have been happening, especially since COVID, but really this trend started way before COVID. And in fact, in 2017, you know, going back five years, there was a startling trend that the dean of Columbia University's School of of Professional Studies noticed. So this was five years ago, you know, multiple years pre-pandemic. Here's the startling trend he noticed. Top employers in New York City were no longer recruiting undergrad and graduate students with the same vigor and frequency. Instead, they were after students in Columbia University's high school program. Now, why is that? Why why was that happening even back in 2017? Well, there's a couple of different reasons he noticed. One sentiment he was getting from these employers when he asked was, why hire more expensive talent when college doesn't guarantee better performance? So basically, uh, uh, to quote one of them, they said, the college degree had ceased to be a guarantee that employers were going to get what they wanted. So instead, why not go younger? Why not hire cheaper? End quote. Now, this topic is something like, as, as a native digital, I am not at all surprised that this is a trend happening because I look around at my, at my peers, you know, between the ages of 15 and 25, and many of them who went to high school but never ended up in college are the most creative, innovative thinkers I know. And when we're in a world right now where creativity, out-of-the-box thinking, and innovation are some of the most needed skills in your new hires or really anywhere in your organization, it does not surprise me at all that kids who've been through four more years of test prep are actually coming out not only as more expensive talent, as those employers were putting it, but also as talent with four more years of test prep under their belt that teaches them to think mechanically in the box and to follow rules. In fact, I I just spoke with a friend whose kid the other day was suspended in high school because of two things. One, they got sick and walked out of class. And two, they put an answer on a test and then explained more about that answer. So, you know, they put the correct answer and then they added more insight. And the teacher said they didn't want more insight. So they they marked that question as zero points. So when we're teaching kids to follow the rules, you know, follow, follow, follow the rules, we're teaching them to do what AI or a robot could do pretty quickly and perfectly. And they're, and, and, and basically the learning from all this is, College is not preparing kids for the real world. So let's continue in this article because I thought this was fascinating. So when the president of Temple University was writing this about higher ed, he began comparing what's happening in higher ed today. You know, the college enrollment drops since COVID. Um, In fact, the data right now is saying this is according to the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center. Damn, they love those long names. They found that public university enrollment has fallen by 12 to 15 percent in some states per year. Their colleges are really, really struggling. But here's what Jason says. He says in 2011, 
the the CEO of Nokia at the time, uh, Stephen Elop, delivered a poignant and passionate memo to all of the company's employees. And he said, we're standing on a burning platform. Basically, the reference was to an oil rig explosion and one worker's choice to either remain on the fiery precipice or jump almost 100 feet into the icy North Sea. And basically, this illustration that that Nokia CEO was describing was talking about their dire future. And if they did not urgently adapt and reclaim their role as a leader in telecommunications and IT, they risked losing everything. And really, that's what's happening in the higher ed industry. Enrollment for both undergraduate and graduate students in U.S. colleges as of just this year, 2022 up to this point, has decreased by 4.1%. And that's not accounting for just public universities. That's every university um, in spring 2022 compared to spring 2021. So... This, again, this is not just because of COVID. When these professors are starting to realize, like we talked about a second ago, that 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 four in ten Americans don't think college is worth it, there there are some more underlying factors that they're seeing. And me coming from a native digital standpoint, I see some major ones that we'll talk about in future episodes. But right now, some of the most obvious ones, there is power in online learning. So you have this entire generation of kids who, statistically speaking, um, if you listen to the episode a couple weeks ago with Kate McGregor from With You With Me, she brought up this powerful statistic, basically saying they've done research proving that you take a 15 to 25 year old, put them to through 150 hours of tech training you know, training on basic technical skills in cybersecurity, analytics, etc., and you dump them into a company with a mentor, you know, someone to help guide them. And that student with just 150 hours of tech training has a 75% higher chance of succeeding in that role than the average college graduate. I mean, that's, that's mind-blowing, right? I mean, 150 hours is, is so minuscule compared to what kids are spending right now in colleges. So with this power of online learning, who needs a four-year marketing degree, for example, to run social media when you can instead hire someone fresh out of high school and sign them up as, you know, as part of your apprentice program for Hootsuite's Academy social media course? They've got a certification. It's less than 200 bucks. You can learn in six hours what someone might pay for a six-figure education with all the general ed and all the other requirements and all the test prep for a four-year degree. The second reason I am seeing happen right now, the second huge shift, is that employers are returning to certifications and apprenticeship models. Here's the key. At one point, even just going back to my parents or Gen X, the Gen X generation, the a college education was seen as the ticket to career success and achievement and advancement. And sometimes it was a ticket out of poverty, right? 
if you listen to an episode we've got coming up in a few weeks, we have on um, Carlos Baradello, and he talks about some incredible um, insights he saw coming from growing up in Argentina, in the mountains of Argentina, and how college to him was an escape from poverty. But he's realized the shift, this massive shift. And so his perspective is really interesting. But what we're dealing with here in America is that that key about college being the ticket to career success is not the case for most careers nowadays. So let's take a step back for a second and look at the evolution of education through our different phases. And there's four real phases you can break this down into that show the progression of education over time. So you have the agrarian phase. This was about 1600 to 1849 when a few privileged had formal education, right? You learned you learned out in the field. You were learning you learning what your your father, your parents were up to. That's the way that you learned. And then you had the industrial phase, 1850 to about 1974 which introduced universal secondary education and apprenticeships. So we all know this, but if you wanted to learn a trade, you probably went to school for, um, you know, in anywhere between one, depending on your family, one to um, seven or eight years. And then you entered the a, a trade. Maybe you wanted to be a blacksmith. Maybe you wanted to um, clean houses, like wh whatever that trade was, that was something that you learned and apprenticed in. Then you had phase three, which was the knowledge phase. We uh, So this phase lasted from about 1975 to 2009, and this was when the internet transformed how we work, think, and play, right? It transformed education, it transformed work, and suddenly you had careers come up that people had never thought about before. You had careers in IT, careers in cybersecurity pop up out of nowhere, and what used to be a career that no one could even dream of became a reality, and were often very high paid. And then you had what is called the post-recession phase, 2010 to 2020, where, you know, you have this, this shift from the, the knowledge work and really getting these careers introduced to the market. And now that we're post-recession, um, the value of a degree has never been more in question because guess what the internet did to us? It just exploded these ideas. They exploded the fact that you could learn these things through the internet, not just careers in the internet or in the space. And, and notice through these trends, you know, when you look at agrarian, industrial, knowledge, and post-recession, you'll notice that the, that the the years, the phases continue getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And what I would call what the phase that we're in now, not even past the post-recession phase, we're almost in a fifth phase now that I would call the intellectual capitalist phase. And this is a, a term coined by the Category Pirates, one of my good friends, Christopher Lockhead, and his two pirate band, as he calls the, the two others in the pirate band, talk about this intellectual capitalist phase that we're in now, where people are able to multiply their incomes exponentially by taking their knowledge, that knowledge work, and using it to create 
courses or communities or other forms of online sources to help you gain access to their mind and their knowledge in an exponential way. So an example of that would be, let's say that you are a surgeon who knows how to do something, a rare type of surgery, and you're one of the only people in the world who can do it. Well, why not create an online course where you teach other surgeons how to perform XYZ procedures and you charge $500 for this course? Well, you're putting the same amount of work into one person, what it takes to teach one new surgeon for, for the exponential value of being able to teach thousands of surgeons and make that exponential income. So as you notice that these phases get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter, you see a correlation on how, number one, how, how hard it is for these giant legacy institutions like colleges to keep up with the pace, number one. But you also see that as we return to this sort of intellectual capitalist post-recession phase, that people are finding new ways to learn new ways to think, new ways to work, think, and play, like we talk about on this show all the time. And when you have a natively digital generation who's going to college and learning from majorly natively analog humans, you find a major disconnect. So it is no surprise or should come as no surprise that we're returning to a model where someone can either become an intellectual capitalist or a new type of apprentice, someone who says, I'm interested in learning how to be an analyst. I'm interested in learning what it's like to become, to to work in healthcare, or I'm interested in exploring what it's like to travel the world and own a boutique hotel. You have kids asking these questions. And instead of turning to the institution for the answers, they're beginning to turn to mentors, to online sources, and to online communities. And higher ed is freaking out. Higher ed does not know what to do with this. And coming from me, my personal opinion is this is a really, really good thing. Because if you can think about this shift that's happening and imagine a world where we return to the idea that kids who want to go to college to study something that is trade-related, think a community college, for example. Um, One of my friends is a sonographer. She learned a lot in her degree, probably three quarters of what she learned in school she actually uses on the job, and she learned a trade, right? So imagine a world where our, our kids are going to trade schools, getting real valuable education. Or imagine a world where we have a bunch, thousands and thousands of entrepreneurially minded young people who were exposed to the options they have, not through an institution, but through real hands-on learning and work experience, and who use their skills that they inherently have as native digital humans to add value to the world, to companies, to nonprofits, and potentially and hopefully to more of their own businesses to create real fulfilling life paths for themselves. If we can envision that world together, we'll be in an amazing place. Thanks for listening to the Native Digital, Native Analog Show. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. If you're looking to connect and talk more about attracting and retaining native digitals, you can reach me at hannahgwilliams.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>